everybody, and welcome to another episode of Popcorn and Nerds. You've got me, Mark Goings, one of your hosts, as well as my buddy Taylor Adams. Taylor, how are you doing this week? I'm great. Yeah. How, how are you? I'm okay. 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 Hi, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sticking with us. Um, we're glad to be back. Um, we took uh, kind of another week off um, because we really wanted to go and see Black Panther. Yes. And we did. So we're going to be we- reviewing that. We did that. Uh, with, with a full review later this uh, later in this episode, as well as some spoilers. Um, so yeah, we're just glad to be back. I'm glad you guys are with us. Yeah, uh, just be prepared to just maybe have an episode like every other week on time. Don't worry about it. Yeah, because we both have day jobs where we can't just watch movies all day. I know that'd be nice. Uh, that'd be the dream. <laughs> um, so yeah, we got Black Panther coming up in a little bit. Uh, before we get into any part of our show, uh, just a quick thank you always for listening um and if yes. you guys uh, we appreciate really, you definitely if you want to throw us a subscribe if you like what you're hearing and if you want to rate us or leave a comment and help brighten us brighten our day that'd be extremely yeah. helpful and also tell us if we're doing a good job or not you know and taylor we're on apple podcasts a- google, google play we're on google play and spotify i'm gonna double check that spotify because <laughs> <laughs> i submitted it a while ago and i haven't heard anything yeah but we I- are on google play now so if you're listening on google play welcome to the popcorn and nerds family um apple podcasts good to see you again yes uh and always you can stream this on the scratch productions website yes for sure uh okay here we go mark what are we eating today all right well today i was asked to stop and retrieve caribou coffee so thank you we have have drinks taylor has his skinny no foam whatever bullshit that he's drinking it's it's coffee with milk in it mark don't make it like something (laughs) (laughs) it's not something fancy just a, a skim latte that's yeah, all yeah. uh i got a cold press with uh butterscotch because they had signs everywhere for butterscotch and i was like you know what yes i want that in my drink you're a, yeah you, you guys uh, will uh come to notice that mark is extremely susceptible to marketing plays yes make it shiny or uh or put sugar in it and mark will get it yeah basically i don't see any problem here uh, <laughs> but Right next to Caribou in our area is a Rise Biscuits and Donuts. Uh, it's local to the Triangle area, I believe, actually. And this one is dangerously close to where we live. <laughs> so um, since I had to stop for Caribou, I was like, you know what? Snack time is going to be donuts today. And they do ridiculous donuts. Um, so we got a cinnamon twist for Nicole. Shout out to Nicole. Hey. Um, a raspberry jelly filled, which isn't too crazy. Um, and a crony and we're neither of us are sure what this one is yet i'll eat it i was about to say we haven't decided who's gonna eat it but taylor just decided so. yeah i'll eat it that's fine um so yeah we'll let you know i guess as we we get into these what uh what that one actually looks like but they also do kinds of crazy stuff like um a creme brulee donut which is fantastic mm-hmm. um they've done nutella donuts the one of the best ones i think was the uh salty captain salty captain is very good mm-hmm. it's uh salted caramel donut with captain crunch stuck in it um the oreo cream cheese bullseye one that they did oh yeah man that was i needed a i needed a nap after eight yeah and you only eat like half of it too so it was a lot it is um so yeah they do all kinds of crazy donuts they're delicious their biscuits are also very good uh i've stopped going to bojangles sorry bojangles um this is not a paid this is not a paid advertisement for rise donuts but you guys should go get some rise if you're in the triangle area if you're in the area if uh, you're not come visit the triangle area and and go go to rise Rise. and uh they also cater to antisocial people because they have uh self-checkouts that you can do where you can plug in your order on a little tablet uh and avoid human contact if that's your thing 
Yeah, that, and also if you're technologically advanced enough, because a lot of people just don't know how to operate yeah. the tablets. If you see the tablets open, don't be shy going around people to use them. Because they don't know what they're doing. Uh, so so you've been warned or right, uh, donut. told. Take the donut. It's right there. All right, here comes the portion of the show where we chew into a microphone. I know. Mine's just going to be the raspberry one, so I know what that's like already. We're too loud. Apparently. So what is it? It's pretty good. Um, it's got that lemon. I, it was it's lemon filling. It is lemon. It's good though. I like it. I'm confused by the name. Well, it looks like it. it like look at it. Look at the inside. It's layered like a croissant. Mm. So I guess where the crow comes from. I guess it could be called a cronut, but I don't know why they call it a crony. Maybe it's a cuter name. I don't know. Well, because cronut is a thing, a croissant donut. They have those. Mm -hmm. But they're not normally filled. Maybe, maybe that's why. Okay, let's get into our tidbits before we get into a full review of kind of what we saw this week, what we're listening to. Um, Mark, you want to you take the reins on this one? Yeah. Start off um, with video game stuff, as always. The um, Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences held their annual DICE Awards Conference um, I guess it was just this past week. And so DICE is the Design, Innovate, Communicate, and Entertain Summit or Conference. Um, and they offer a lot of awards for games from the past year, uh, as well as a lot of times they will present Lifetime Achievement Awards and things of that nature for video games and like the entertainment industry, uh, things of that nature. So um, looking at those awards that they gave out this year, uh, and there was a lot of good games that came out last year. It was one of the better years in gaming since like 07 uh, when a lot of good things came out as well. But um, lots of competition. And Nintendo actually pulled out pretty big this year. Uh, they won a lot of awards. I think Zelda itself won three or four different awards. So just a quick rundown of those, uh, some of the higher level ones. Game of the Year obviously is a big one that people are looking at. Um, the nominees for that this year were Cuphead, Horizon Zero Dawn, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, Super Mario Odyssey, and Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. What the hell? Which, is, what the hell is Cuphead? Cuphead is a two D platforming shooter bullet hell game, um, but it's drawn in very like old school Disney style, like Steamboat Willie. Interesting. Uh, and your characters have cups for heads. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Cuphead. It's not a misnomer. And so it's been getting a lot of reviews as being just a very, very difficult game, and but being a lot of fun and very rewarding if you're able to complete it. And uh, I believe after it came out, they actually had to release a patch for like a, a, a very easy mode uh, because people were even having trouble with the, the standard or easy mode that was included with the game. So... Um, yeah, just been getting very good reviews. There's lots of people streaming that online, playing it on Twitch, uh, getting frustrated, uh, as you do with games of that nature. So um, that's that actually is from a relatively smaller indie studio. So the fact that it was up for Game of the Year is pretty impressive on its own. But then, yeah, even in those you know five that received the nominations, Nintendo held two of those spots as well because Super Mario Odyssey was in there. So that was pretty cool. Uh, outstanding Achievement in Game Design. Uh, Zelda won that one again, uh, which I don't disagree with. The, like the game design of the new Zelda was fantastic. Um, 
people like kept trying to break that game and just they put so much thought into it. And Nintendo generally has a, a polish on their games. Um, just their quality control is fantastic. So that uh, also well deserved. Mario Odyssey, Horizon Zero Dawn, and Player Unknown Battlegrounds were also nominated for outstanding game design, uh, but ultimately lost to Breath of the Wild. And so I won't go through all these, but just real quick, you know, the Outstanding Achievement in Game Direction, Zelda won that too. Uh, Cuphead won for Outstanding Achievement in Animation and Outstanding Achievement in Art Direction. Um, Cuphead won again in Outstanding Original Music Composition. Um, but yeah, so like you can look up the rest of these. We'll put a link in the, uh, the show notes and send those your way but it's just a a cool event to give recognition to people in the industry and the games that they're working on the things that they do um which i always appreciate and i guess that's taylor appreciates that kind of stuff for movie uh awards i mean i just appreciate stuff like that like just recognition of arts so i mean within its i mean within its own community is like good but outside of it is better um but yeah, but yeah, I played a little bit of Zelda and it was it was really it was really good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then um, this year for the outstanding uh, or the lifetime achievement award, the creator of the Wii, and I can't find his name now, but I believe it was uh, Genya Takeda, uh, was presented with the lifetime achievement award this year. Uh, so that was that was pretty cool too. The Wii was very successful for Nintendo. Uh, their blue ocean strategy of getting gamers involved who typically aren't involved in gaming worked really well. Grandparents played the Wii with their grandkids and just a lot of people got up off the couch uh, to play the Wii, especially Wii Sports, uh, which is one of Nintendo's best-selling video games because it came with every system, so you kind of had to. I feel like Um, that's all I played in college. Yeah, there there (laughs) are a lot of Wii Sports that happened. Yeah. So so that was cool. Uh, well deserved for that list. But again, like I said, we'll uh, we'll share the full list if you have any interest in looking into that, and you can peruse that at your uh, leisure later. Yes, reading material. That's what we're here for. We provide yeah. you guys with reading material to read while you're waiting on your dinner to be out of the microwave or or shitterature. Take talking about taking a poop, keeping a glassy here on popcorn nerds. Always. All right. That's what um, I'm here for. Also, it's. It's hot, it's hot here. What? It feels fine in here. So warm. It's it's not. It's fine. So warm. I have the AC on just for you. I don't hear it. Okay. Well, it's set on seventy three. So that's what it says it is outside. Okay. Oh, well, sorry. Your house should be colder than the outside. Okay. All right, Mark. <laughs> Maybe in your house. Yes. Uh, <laughs> well, it's probably not even on because because of the same temperature. Yeah. But there's also like no airflow in this room. Yeah. Anyway, all right, moving on. <laughs> Enough of this. Okay. Uh, let's see. For me, uh, this week, it was very Netflix heavy, which you guys will come to realize is not unusual for me, just because I happen to really appreciate um, Netflix as a streaming, streaming platform and creative content. Taylor um, lives and dies by Netflix. Yeah. I love me some Hulu, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm more Netflix oriented than anything well, else. Hulu's got Bob's Burgers. Hulu has Bob's Burgers. Yeah, now they have that. And, you know, they have their own original material, too, which I need to dive more into of what they have originally. Because um, they have some really good stuff. I'm a big fan of uh, Handmaid's Tale, um, which I can't wait for that to come back. Um, but, yeah, for Netflix this week, you know, like we mentioned before, it seems like every week Netflix is just putting out brand new stuff. Um, for me, what I happened to get into the past two weeks um, since we had a podcast was uh, I watched the 10-episode um half-hour series on Netflix called Everything Sucks um, about 
uh, it, set in the 90s, just about a group of kids, you know, in high school discovering themselves. And, you know, there's some uh, a heavy dose of nostalgia. Um, I think the title fits it because I did not really like it that much. Um, and I'm surprised I watched all 10 episodes. Uh, I, I, so it should have been this show sucks. Is yeah, what it might have been. It should have been. And I'm really disappointed <laughs> that the show's called Everything Sucks and they didn't have the song Everything Sucks by Real Big Fish in the show, especially because that's from the 90s ska movement. And I Licensing. love me, and I love me some ska. I love ska music. <laughs> um, it is just, it, first couple episodes, I was like, am I supposed to like this? But immediately I should have listened to my instinct in that. This was, I don't, I'm gonna I'm gonna yell at Netflix for a little bit right here. Like this to me, this show to me. If you guys have seen it, um, let me know if I'm right. Uh, basically, it seems like it was a nostalgia marketing ploy to get people to watch the show. But I'm like, why even make this Netflix? Your guys are doing just fine. Like, oh, people like Stranger Things because it's set in the '80s. Let's make a show set in the '90s where we have a significant amount of nostalgia triggers. Like the soundtrack's really good, but it's all music that we grew up on, mm -hmm. and that's that. And all the marketing material has been that's the reason to watch it. Or there's lots of jokes about dial-up modem. Okay, we get it. It's set in the '90s. Well, that's our generation, especially. Like nostalgia is very powerful, and like other generations have this like phenomenon too. But um, I've read articles and things about examining why nostalgia is so powerful for people our age and the general consensus seems to be that because we grew up in both an age before like heavy technology and after like we kind of know both and so that nostalgia of simpler times draws us in a bit more uh than people who have always had or not had you know either side of that yeah I mean, I, I understand it, but my whole thing with this show, and I'll try to keep this brief because we've got a lot to go, lot to go over today. Um, it's it's just not good. Like the acting is terrible. Um, the nostalgia factor is so obnoxious, like referential wise, intertextuality. Like, hey, this show's set in the '90s. Let's make a Tori Amos reference, or let's you know, let's talk about uh, well, let's, like I said, dialogue. Model. Like, no, it's just it's just not good because the only thing that drive that's going to drive traffic to the show is the fact that like oh look it shot it shot it's supposed to be taking place during the 90s isn't this cool and i'm like no the show's not it's not good <laughs> maybe the bad acting itself is a nostalgia call out to the 90s because there are some very cringeworthy shows uh from the 90s and acting in general the one thing that i was i, I hated in this show is they do those classic zooms like 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 <laughs> Where you, the camera is actually zooming, like you see, they very rarely see that in cinema and TV shows nowadays. And they do these zooms where it's like a zoom and a pan, and it's so '90s, and they nailed it. And I get that, but I'm like, you 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 can't do you can't do both. Like you have to figure out what you want to be if you want to be a legitimate show, or if you want to be, or the only thing you want to be is a nostalgia trap. And that's what the show is. And I don't recommend anybody watch it. Damn, harsh. I know. Um, a couple other things. Uh, I've been really getting into... I'm a big fan of international uh, TV. Um, one of the things I've been getting into recently on Netflix is they have a couple shows that are uh, very French, uh, heavily French-influenced. Some take place in uh, France. Some take place in like Belgium. They are speaking French. Um, one of my favorites that recently came out, and it was also in an article about like the top 10 Netflix shows you aren't watching, um, was called Le Monde. 
it translates to the Mantis. It's a it's a serial killer show. It's like okay. one season. Um, it's really good. I recommend it. Uh, you guys check it out. It has to do with a serial killer who was a woman who committed all these crimes about 25 years ago, and then now someone is recreating her crimes, and she will help the police solve them with the with the one condition that she has to work with her son, who is a police officer. Interesting. So, yeah, so it's pretty cool. Um, and where's her husband dead? Uh, you'll have to mantis style. You'll have to you'll have to watch the show and find out, Mark. Um, it, there are no dubs, only subs. So I will tell you that, guys. I'm fine with that. No, well, I, know, I know a some, lot of people. Some, some people, yeah, some people don't like to read. Uh, so <laughs> whatever. Watching uh, dark. Every time it reverted to the English dub. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and it, I didn't. I was like, I can't no, do I have this. To go back to, I have to go to subs with dark. Yeah. Oh, that shit's coming back. I'm so excited. Um, and a show dropped this week uh, called Seven Seconds. Um, it's a, a procedural crime drama. Um, Is it like 24? But it takes place over seven seconds. No. Oh. Um, but this show, as much you know, you can't stray stray away too much from the typical cop show format, this show has a lot of emotion in it. Like, it's not just like, oh, a dead body. Let's find out who did it. There are three different stories that happen in the first episode, and they all come together toward the end of the episode, and they're all kind of linked, and there's a lot of emotion in it. Um, a standout star for me is Regina King, who everything I've seen her in, she fucking nails. She is such a great actress. She was great in Southland. She was great in The Leftovers, um, neither of which I know you didn't see. Yeah, I um, seen, I But seen. they're really good because um, you don't watch that many cop shows, and I know you don't like Damon Lindelof. So. <laughs> I, I don't know that I specifically have any aversion to him. Lost. Oh. Uh, well, maybe I do. Prometheus. I didn't see Prometheus. I didn't see Prometheus either. I've I, heard very mixed things about yeah. it. Um, but anyway, uh, big fan. I'm in the middle of that right now. I'm watching that. And then uh, yesterday, uh, my girlfriend and I discovered that Crazy Ex-Girlfriend Season 3 is on Netflix. So yep. we're catching up on that, which don't let the title fool you manly men out there. The show's hysterical. It is. Um, it's and very And very good. smart and very reflective of uh, states of mental health. Um, there's musical elements and all the songs are hilarious. Um, every once in a while there's like a really heartfelt one but for the most part they're they're hysterical yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen and, the first two seasons of that yeah you're a big very fan good. you're a big fan I know as well and yeah the main actress uh, she did some writing for Robot Chicken if you're familiar with that show at all mm-hmm. uh, as a comedy writer so she's been you know she's been around in other things and doing other things in the industry uh, but definitely recommend uh, checking that out as well that's actually uh, one of my friends was complaining that she was gonna have to wait so long to watch season three but then i i mentioned that cw has a uh agreement with netflix that i think it's either a week or maybe two weeks after a season ends that it goes to netflix right after that yeah it's pretty quick because the turnover for like shows like that um rachel bloom uh has done a great job with crazy ex-girlfriend um she's the one of the show creators and lead actress and one of the lead writers um they're, they're like immediately after it's over. It's pretty seems like pretty much immediately after a season's over, it does go to Netflix. Yeah, so it looks like a week after because it says the thirteenth yeah. episode of the season was out on uh, February sixteenth. So, so hopefully we're getting another season of Jane the Virgin soon, which is another uh, hysterical show where I'm giving more <laughs> credit than is deserving to see. No, that's that's mean. Uh, CW has stepped up their game, man. <laughs> CW has stepped up their game. You mean you don't like so all their much. DC shows? No, I don't watch any of them. Flash, Arrow, Supergirl? No, no. Well, you know me. I'm very wary about superhero stuff. Yeah. So that's why later we're going to review Black Panther. 
Uh, <laughs> um, Ringing endorsement. Yeah, so I guess let's go ahead and get into that because I feel like we've got a lot to talk about. Um, there is. So, guy, if you want to hear two white guys talk about Black Panther, stay tuned. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's let's Maybe go. Maybe this will get us a lot of comments. Uh, Maybe yeah. Maybe we'll go viral for all the negative shit we say. <laughs> Spoilers, no. Um, but yeah, let's. Uh, so, let's get right into our review of Black Panther. I have seen gods fly. I've seen men build weapons that I couldn't even imagine. Uh-huh. I've seen aliens drop from the sky. Yeah. But I have never seen anything like this. How much more are you hiding? Hola. Let's go, go, go. My son, it is your time. Show me my respect and bow down. You get to decide what kind of king you are going to be. Don't freeze. I never freeze. The IMDb synopsis for Black Panther reads, T'Challa, the king of Wakanda, rises to the throne in the isolated, technologically advanced African nation, but... His claim is challenged by a vengeful outsider who was a childhood victim of T'Challa's father's mistake. So, yeah, I mean, that that sums it up pretty well. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, There's a lot of, I'm always very, very wary about movies that have a lot of hype before they actually come out. Yeah. This movie for me, I don't know if I want to say lived up to the hype because the hype was high. Yeah. It was high hype. Um, (laughs) But for me... This was a really, really good movie. Outside of being a comic book movie, superhero movie, whatever you want to boil it down to, I felt like there were so many layers going on. Yes. um, That it addresses issues in the world we live in now, and at the same time is a fun comic book movie. Mm Yeah. yeah, I was going to say it fires on a lot of different it, yeah, cylinders here. There's layers, a lot man. going on. Yeah, there's layers, man. Uh, and that's what we're all about. And for me, I have only seen it once. Um, I know a lot of people I know have seen it three times. And props to you because I'm sure you guys have seen something different every time you have seen the movie. Yeah. I don't go to see a lot of movies in the theater twice. But this is one that I would not mind going to see again. Um, I, like Taylor said, as a comic book, comic book movie... It succeeds. It feeds into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It ties in with scenes from other movies like uh, Captain America Civil War uh, and things of that nature. So it kind of brings it into the Marvel Cinematic Universe in that way. But then even just like social commentary, like political commentary, there's a lot of subtext in there. And some of it, not so much subtext. It's a little more overt. But uh, there, there is a lot going on here. And so I think it does work on many different levels. Uh but if you are just looking for a superhero movie as well, that's here for you. Yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, without going too much into spoilers right away, um, I mean, we pretty much said we just really like this movie. Um, I think that there's, I don't want to say it's controversial, but I have seen some controversial um, 
posts all over the interwebs about this movie. People yeah. liking it, uh, people loving it, people hating it. Um, just people kind of all over the place about it. And I'm just going to go ahead and say I think that's what makes this movie so successful is the fact that it can be interpreted so many ways. Because to me, that's what makes a really good piece of art is that people can just see... Okay, okay. People can argue, see what they want to see, but also just it's just a matter of interpretation, seeing yeah. your your different appreciation for this piece of art. Um, I really, I, I did not get a chance to go back and review Ryan Coogler's previous work, um, but I did my research and just kind of like watched some behind the scenes featurettes uh, of this movie. Um, and this this dude knew what he was doing. Like he knew exactly everything he wanted to do with uh, this character, um, with this story, and I feel like he integrated everything spectacularly. Um, I don't think, I didn't, I didn't really have too many issues. There was like one like minor thing, but it was due to the fact that uh, there's, a, there's a big fight scene toward the end of this movie, and by big I mean just there's a lot of characters fighting each other in this mm -hmm. movie, and the one qualm I had with it is that there was some like digital stunt that were didn't look too great, but at the same time, it wasn't ruining the movie for me. Yeah, yeah. When people flying all over the place, I was kind of like, hey, it doesn't really look like you know that person. But I mean, it did not take anything away from the movie at all. I thought it was really well done. Um, I yeah, they had a huge like effects budget for this. I feel like uh... no, I mean there there was, but um, with so there's so many Marvel comic book movies and just movies that involve a lot of kind of this post um, this post production digital visual effects yeah. type stuff um, there's so many of those movies that are out and they're coming out with such a frequency that I feel like the budget is there but the time isn't there for each of these because there's not that many visual I mean there, there are a lot but when you consider all the movies that are being made there's not that much time to turn around and get yeah. these all done so I imagine yeah. there might have been a little bit of a rush job um, but like I said it, it doesn't take anything away from the movie um one thing I also was a little bit hesitant for me, it was a little bit exposition heavy in the front, but at the same time, I feel like, you know, it's a fantastic comic book movie and you have to take into the account that some of the people watching this movie have maybe have no idea who Black Panther is. Like for yeah. me, I knew that Black Panther existed, but mm -hmm. I, like I said, I didn't see like Civil War or anything like that. So I didn't really know the story behind him. Well, so having that was good, but at the yeah. same time, it was, I felt like the movie didn't get going until about, 25 minutes in. Well, even if you had seen Civil War, Black Panther's in there, but they don't give a lot of his backstory. And so this is... I would a, imagine, yeah. This is a character that a lot of people are not familiar with. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the ways that this works as well, is that this is a lesser-known character that is now getting time, you know, at the forefront, in the limelight, uh, that they're giving the proper exposure to, setting him up and letting people know what he's about. Uh, where he comes from and kind of giving that origin story uh, but not beating us over the head with it yeah no I agree I know I appreciate it I mean I I sometimes I focus too much on like oh there's a lot of exposition but like I have to be like <laughs> okay shut up and just take it because like that first episode of Altered Carbon yeah there's a shit there's a shit ton in there but you know sometimes you just gotta get it out of the way and once you get it out of the way everything's fine um, it's not a huge deal um, oh Mark's, Mark's dropping his mic what are you doing cleaning the desk because it had water on it from the God damn, you're breaking Mark's breaking my shit 
I'm trying to keep it from getting. <laughs> I'm trying to keep water rings off his table. Uh, fantastic performances. I feel like the entire cast. I was a huge fan of every single woman that was in this movie. I was not offered a coaster. Oh, sorry. Here, <laughs> no, it's too late. I'll put no, it on the floor. It's gone take now. Mine. It's no, gone now. I, no, I, I, it's it's too late. Fine. It's too late. Um, but yes, all the female. Every single woman in this movie was fantastic. Also, one of the real heroes of this movie, the costume designer. Oh, hey, no, for real, like. This was this was a beautiful movie, like from from production design to costume design to any element of design that made things look pretty. Like it was great. Um, I read uh, one of the things I saw with Ryan Coogler is that um, during there's there's a there's there's a fight scene probably like forty five minutes into the movie um, where you have uh, T'Challa, Nakia, and Okoye uh, going and to you know do some cool stuff. And each of them are wearing a different color of the pan pan African flag, so it was really cool. So I like I didn't really, I mean I like I knew that that existed, but seeing the analysis of it and pointing to the fact that so much effort goes into costume design, which yeah, I, I know details like that. Yeah, I knew yeah. already existed. It's just like when you see a movie one time, you're trying to focus. You, you can only focus on so many things. But yeah, like uh, T'Challa was wearing black, um, Okoye was wearing red, and Nikita was wearing green. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really cool. Just, just a little, little stuff like that, and just the whole design of uh, Wakanda itself, like the, like it's a country, but we really only see like a city. Yeah, I guess um, it's like a giant city. Yeah, yeah, it's it's this cool like, I, I feel like I'm stealing this term, but it's been around for a little bit. But the Afrofuturism mm -hmm. um, is because really, like really present in a lot of this stuff. When they're on the streets, it's a very like rural like village feel to it but then there's like the technology interspersed within it and then when you go up to like the throne room and like the tech lab and things of that nature mm -hmm. it gets more and more advanced obviously yeah but none of it ever feels like out of place yeah um definitely um just every part like for me sometimes i have trouble figuring out if a movie is really really good because i've seen a lot of crappy movies um <laughs> And I will I, agree he has seen a lot of crappy movies. Well, some of those crappy movies I watch because they're funny. He's made me watch some of them, too. <laughs> um, but, uh, so I always, when I see just a movie that's so solid, I'm like, is this great? Or is it just a real, <laughs> is it just like a good movie? Like, it's just solid. And I feel like this, this movie for me is, I think it is great. But because it's such a solid movie... But then it has all these underlying themes behind it. I think that's mm -hmm. what makes it great. And the fact that you have a sympathetic villain yeah, um, uh, with Killmonger and portrayed by Michael B. Jordan, who I'm a huge fan of ever since his days on The Wire. Um, that's how far back this dude goes. And he's, and he's my age. I know, mine uh, too. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> it's been around a minute. That's people have been lauding Killmonger as like the answer to the Marvel villain problem where they're not really driven. You don't really feel for the villain at all. It's always just like, oh, that's the bad guy. We're supposed to hate him. Like hero triumphs over villain. Cool. Yeah. Um, but people were definitely, you know, getting behind Killmonger as, you know, okay, yeah, he's the bad guy. But like, we understand where he's coming from. Like we can sympathize with his point of view even if maybe he's going about things the wrong way or comes to the wrong conclusion based on, you know, his views. Like there's a lot of layers in there too for that. Just how people sympathize with him. Yeah. 
Um, well, that seems like a pretty good uh, jumping off point to get into our spoiler section. So uh, let's get down to some spoilers. Some spoilers. So just going off the topic of Killmonger, let's just go ahead and talk about him. Because I feel like he might have been the best character in this movie. Mm. Um, and that's not saying that the other characters were not great. Because everybody in this movie was great. Even Andy Serkis, who was in there for a hot minute. Who well, I uh, forgot it was Andy Serkis. Just because yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm used to seeing him like mo-capping things. <laughs> uh, um, but not actually seeing him. Yeah, so... I think just going, if we would just want to talk about Killmonger for a second and the fact that he might be the best Marvel villain to come up in a while, maybe ever, maybe the best comic book one ever. I mean, it's everything's debatable. Um, but for me, his motivations that he wanted to liberate all oppressed people, you can't argue with that point at all. Like, yeah. there's no, like, unless you're an asshole. Like, you know, because <laughs> you understand his plight right away. And the and that, and then you, you know, we also learn that he's pretty much the, his, him as a person is an unintended consequence of the damage that um, uh, T'Chaka um, had done as his previous reign as King of Wakanda. Um, and the fact that he kills his own brother, mm -hmm. which is Killmonger's father. Yep. And then, then they never, they never take him back. Like they never try to erase him. Like it's all about, it's all about the keeping up appearances and successfully building a lie toward a mission. And this is the consequence is Killmonger. Yeah. Um, which I like since I didn't know that much about Black, Black Panther. I didn't know that Killmonger was T'Challa's cousin. And so when they're going over that scene of uh, T'Chaka's brother betraying Wakanda and subsequently being killed, like they don't show the kid, they don't introduce the kid at all. That's layered in after the fact. Mm -hmm. um, and so, I mean, obviously that's done purposefully for the storytelling. Right. Uh, but I forgot what's going with that. <laughs> <laughs> Cool story. I know, right? Well, I think that, like, I mean, I kind of, I, I saw it coming a little bit just because after, um, after Njabo uh, gets killed, played by Sterling K. Brown, um, for all you This Is Us fans out there, um, if, when he gets killed and then they cut down to the kids playing on the ball court and they, like, single out that one kid, I was like... Watching the ship fly away? Yeah, I was like... Because you could take it as, like, kids see a spaceship and are like, oh, what the hell is that? And it might tie back in later. And it does because yeah. that's, you know, that's Killmonger. Yeah. And I kind of saw that coming. Like I saw like that might be a son. Like that's a relative. But I mean. I just took it as he was the only kid who saw the ship. Yeah. No, I get And like that was up. To, like I said, it's up to interpretation, which makes it all oh, this. This would be great. Um, but seeing that going back to the, tying that in. Uh, I'm losing my words here. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, but just. I'll circle back around and just say that once Killmonger shows up with his objective, you understand him because we've actually seen his growth from the very beginning, but we didn't know it. Yeah. If you think about it that way, because when they flash back to it and they're like, he fully explains that like, this is actually what happened. Like you're, Hey, T'Challa, your dad killed my dad. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, and then left and, me. And, yeah. And then left me and you guys have all this shit and you're not going to share with everybody. Yeah. Like what, what's up with that? Um, 
what's the deal with that? Um, <laughs> but you immediately understand him. Like you look at Michael B. Jordan, you look at his character, and you're like, this dude looks like an asshole, <laughs> like a bad, like a badass, but an asshole. And you hear his mission and what he wants to accomplish, and you're like, okay, that that's not a terrible idea, but then and you. We can't talk about this movie without talking about all the allegorical stuff. Like, you walk in, and Michael B. Jordan's saying, hey, there's a lot of oppressed people. We need to free them. And the way that I know the freedom is to arm them yeah. so they can rise and take power. Because, and- yeah, in the movie, he is a trained assassin who was created to destabilize and overthrow governments. Exactly. And that's what he knows. And that's maybe what a lot of people think is going on in the world right now. Like maybe that's the way that people can rise up and take power if they're being oppressed. And on the other side, you have T'Challa who is running this kingdom, trying to do everything he can in his power to run it like his father did. He finds out his father did some bad things. And now T'Challa is running this country that is built on isolationism and is trying to keep everything a certain status quo because they're worried about losing themselves and losing the success of their country once they open their borders. And if that's not an allegory to the United States, I don't know what what is. But then he, T'Challa also is wrestling within himself of wanting to do more, wanting to help people. He, there are several instances where he's like, they're like, why are we helping this person? Because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Uh, so he has a lot of that inner struggle too, where mm-hmm. he can also sympathize with Killmonger that things should be done and people should be helped, and that the nation of Wakanda can do a lot to help. Yeah. Uh, but and, then how they want to go about it. Yeah. Differs. And, yeah, and then you also have um, characters like Nakia recognizing that they're like they're like on the softer side of Killmonger. Like people need to be helped. But not this way. Yeah. And T'Challa's like, I want to help, but I don't know how to help. Yeah. Other than a, other than a in, like instance by instance basis, and that's what he does when uh, Martin Freeman's character um, Ross gets shot in the back. Like, oh, I help this guy. Yeah. And the Koye, played by the fantastic uh, Denai Gurira, is just like, why? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand because she's about serving. The country yeah so there's every single character I, I, I don't know the more i talk about it the more i like this movie even though i i already really like it yeah every single character in this movie represents an argument toward how the world should work with one another yeah. which i think is fantastic because you have to see everything from all these different points of view and that they're all kind of right but they all aren't all there yeah. to figure out what the solution is and i do like jumping ahead to the very end after the initial credits that T'Challa has basically learned his lesson mm-hmm. in a way. Um, goes before the UN. Goes before the UN and talks about that they are opening uh, their borders and technology. They're yeah. opening everything up. And the one guy to was like, world. "What?" He's like, "No offense." He's like, "But what can Wakanda offer the world?" Yeah, what can the, a country of farmers <laughs> offer the world? And, and everybody smirks at one another. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, see, there's there's just a lot going on with this movie. Um, Let's talk a little bit about just all the characters. I mean, uh, honestly, T'Challa, played by Chadwick Boseman, did a great job. Like, yeah. But honestly, he wasn't the standout in this whole movie. No, not particularly. Like, Because everybody else was just killing it. Like yeah. Michael B. Jordan, probably one of the best performances I've seen from him. 
Um, granted, I have not seen Creed yet, but I'm going to. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o, um, another great job. Danica Rivera, like I mentioned earlier. Um, Letitia Wright, just killing it. Oh, yeah, the Charisse, internet yeah. is in love with Letitia Wright, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I get worried and people are like, oh my god, this is amazing. And I'm just like, alright, everybody just calm down. But no, Letitia Wright was great. She had a phenomenal character. She was a powerful black woman who was smart and intelligent and nerdy and funny and she did it and she nailed it um she was the relationship between shuri and t'challa brother sister yeah was i think just perfectly portrayed like you saw that and you're like that's definitely how that would work yeah (laughs) and it's interesting too because shuri is like modernization because since she's like in charge of all the tech and the things yeah. of that nature, like she kind of shrugs at all the ritual and ceremony uh, yeah. and doesn't, she goes through with it and in the end, mm-hmm. uh, but a lot of times she makes jokes about it or, you know, scoffs at it a little bit. And that's, I think that's partially because she is like science and tech driven. Uh, that that kind of happens like a lot of people who are heavily invested in like science or tech uh are kind of anti-ritual uh well that goes yeah that goes back to what makes any movie really great is when you have a bunch of contrast so you have like a uh the progressive scientific side of things clashing with a more traditional way of life Mm -hmm. that's what makes this good you have the whole isolationism versus everybody help each other out view which is also makes this great um and I'm. I was a big fan of all the James Bond influence that this movie had in it, like the casino fight scene, fancy cars, and the fact that Shuri is basically Q. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's like, very true. When that was happening, I was like, "This is like Q. This I is." I even think about that. That's yeah. just like Q's lab when they're in there. Yeah, exactly. It, it, they're walking around. She's explaining what everything does. Usually, something goes wrong when you're testing it. Like yeah. T'Challa punches the new suit, and he's like, "What's he, the he big k- deal?" He kicks it, and it flies away. Yeah, yeah. She's like, "Kicks it." The hell? She's like, "Do it, do it again, though." And he's like, "Why are you taping this?" Like yeah. that don't, whole. Don't worry about it. It was great. Um, the casino fight scene was great. Some are really good fight scenes in here. Um, you know, you have the big battle toward the end, um, which some reviews have called a literal civil war. Yeah. Um, toward the end, there we'll we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but that was that was kind of well done. I'm a big fan of. Uh, I guess I'm a big fan of animated armored rhinos. I, I enjoyed them. I enjoyed the rhinoceri. Rhinoceroses. Is it rhinoceri or rhinoceroses? I think rhinoceroses. Okay, I like how the way rhinoceri sounds. Rhinoceri. I'm say rhinoceri. Um, so there's it's, that. The, we, we created it if it's not a thing. Yeah. Um, the car chase scene, really well done. That was a lot of fun, and if that felt like that felt like a perfect combination between a a James Bond film and a super and a superhero movie. I wish leading up to this that they hadn't had so many Lexus commercials that showed the part where they have to take that really sharp turn and he hops off and grabs the car and uh, grabs the road to make you, that sharp are you, turn. Are you talking about that that scene itself was a Lexus commercial or are you talking about you had seen Lexus commercials with that in it? That scene was a part of a Lexus commercial. Oh, okay. Well, I I, I guess I don't I don't watch a lot of live TV anymore. I don't either, but yeah, the did, things that I watched I never, had I ads. never saw that ad. I saw it like four or five times, maybe more. Okay. Uh, like on IGN or something? Or? On Yeah, IGN on, uh, I think, not Crunchyroll because I don't have ads on there, but uh, maybe Adult Swim's website. Okay. Uh, some stuff like that. Where oh. I just kept seeing it and um, it was like the exact scene. 
Uh, so I knew that was going to happen, and I kind of wish I didn't because I was like, oh, that was really that was really sweet. Mm-hmm. But then, like, having seen it, like, several times before I saw the movie, I was like, oh, well, I know that's going to happen. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, some ads, they can kind of spoil it, but for me, I'm just kind of like, I'm not waiting for it. I'm like, oh, this is where they put it. That's cool. Um, where were we? We were talking oh. about James Bond. Yeah. And stuff so, and going, sorry, going back to the, the fight scene Armored real Rhino. quick inside that casino, another video I saw with Ryan Coogler, um, I'll put a link to the show, uh, a link to it in the show notes below. It's, I believe, Vanity Fair did this video where they had basically uh, Ryan Coogler break down on a Telestrator, which is the thing where they, like in sports where they're like, oh, here's the wide receiver. And, and you know, Draw you guys can't see me, but I'm like drawing yeah, with his in hand my air right now. Um, in my air. In the air with my <laughs> finger. Um, this is his air. And he does this with the casino fight scene. And there, here he breaks down like um, just it's all production stuff. So it's anything from uh, cinematography and camera movements to costume design to any special effects that were in there. And then he goes into. Um, I guess this is a, in a little bit of fight choreography and also uh, thematic elements, which highlights how each of, I guess you could say, main characters in this, uh, T'Challa, Okoya, Nakia, Agent Ross, and Ulysses, and uh, Claw are in are fighting in here. Yeah. And he talks about the influences behind all of their fight moves, which is fascinating to me. And I'll go ahead, I'll put a link to it, like I said, but I'll go ahead and spoil it here. So the way everything works out is uh, Okoye, uh, the general, played by Denai Garura, is... A like her image is a like traditional traditional um, African warrior. Yeah, and that's that is her dance style. Like she has this her dance style. I say dance, dance style because it's almost like a dance. It, exactly, yeah. it's a it's a it's a fighting style that is like a dance. She has the spear, spear maiden. Oh yeah. yeah, all of her moves are very very choreographed, which they, they are obviously, um, but it's very traditional. It's very cool. Then you move to uh, Nakia, who is more of the spy mm-hmm. kind of. And so her fighting style is resourceful. So she takes a guy and slams his head into a craps table, takes off her heel and throws it at somebody. Like that's that's being resourceful. Yeah. And obviously T'Challa is like a super warrior. So all his moves, they if he hit somebody, they had to rig them up with uh, like prosthetics. Yeah, to... not, not not prosthetics, but just like rig them up with um with a zipline rig. So when you hit them, they go flying. Like he talked about all that stuff. There were a couple where he like snapped people's legs the wrong way and stuff when he was hitting them. And yeah, yeah. Um, but I thought that was really cool. Um, you you guys can watch that and tell me tell me what you think. I thought they did a really good job with that. Also, um, Stanley cameo there in the casino. Yeah, that was. I was. Tell, I, I showed up. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot we were gonna get one of those. Yeah. Because <laughs> because what I think Black Panther. I'm like, I think I put Stanley in here. Yeah. I'm like, I already got two white people in here. Oh, three. Yeah, three, three I white three. people. I I. I I was a fan of killing off uh, Ulysses Claw very early. Yeah. I thought that was great. Yeah. I thought that was such a smart move because he wasn't the villain. Which that's like, they kind of early on set him up to be. Mm-hmm. But then it transitions into Killmonger. Uh, I mean, as you're going through, yeah. which which works. Uh, and yeah, I agree. Getting rid of Claw sooner like made this work more yeah. than if he had been the full villain and Killmonger was there in the background and had his bit, but all the while Claw was the main threat. Yeah. Like I'm glad that they transitioned away from that, got rid of him. Yeah. But um, he was cold when uh Michael B. Jordan killed his girlfriend. Yeah. That was yeah, fuck yeah. it. Straight <laughs> up, straight up, just just iced her. Just yeah, yeah. done. He, he was like, hey, he's like, don't worry, he's like, it'll be okay. Just fucking shot her. 
and then tracked down claw and got him too yeah it's it's a rough dude um so i guess let's dig a little bit let's dig a little bit deeper into kind of some of the messages and images in this um so this is our opinion as two white men uh (laughs) who saw black panther and loved it um just just some articles i read online and some responses um I'll go ahead and pull, uh, there's this tweet up. I'll go ahead and read it. Um, it's from, uh, Leslie Lee, the third, uh, this is just, uh, he did a kind of a Twitter rant about black Panther. Uh, he's a writer and a broadcast journalist and he has a podcast called the struggle session, um, which they talk about their issues and problems with popular culture entertainment, but still enjoying said popular culture entertainment, like enjoying something for entertainment value, but finding issues with it. So this is what he had to say about black Panther. Black Panther is a deeply evil film. It dangles the idea of global black liberation in front of you, paints that as villainous, then ends in an orgy of the freest black people to ever walk the earth, slaughtering each other to protect whites. That shit turned my stomach. He goes on to tweet, Imagine Star Wars ending with a civil war between the rebels and Luke kills Leia because using violence against the Empire would make them as bad as the Empire. People can quote tweet and be mad, but they can't actually dispute anything I said. Wakandans give a white CIA agent Wakandan tech to kill other Wakandans to stop their tech going to Wakandans who are going to a stage or going who are going to stage a global uprising of the oppressed. This was the film. Um, so I was listening to shout out to the Slash Filmcast, which I listen to probably weekly. They do a weekly review of a film and sometimes if I've seen it, I'll listen to it. But otherwise, they do really good. They just do popular culture stuff in general. Mm-hmm. They first mentioned this uh, Twitter rant. Um, I'll link to them as well. And they have a subsequent episode where they have uh, Leslie Lee III on, the guy that tweeted all this, and a special episode to talk more about it. Um, and so I feel... I'm not going to come out and, like, I guess, white-splain this, <laughs> for, for lack of a better term. Um, but I feel like it's, it's important to address from how many angles this movie can be perceived because I feel like I said earlier that's a that's a sign of a, a great work of art is that it can be interpreted a number of ways mm-hmm. um, and I'll, it's sometimes very sensitive to deal with a film that tackles racial relations although I don't feel like it should be sensitive because I feel like in a I feel like today although I know it's not the case around the world can we all just fucking love each other like it's not that hard um, but Mark what are your what are your thoughts on this on this twitter rant i mean we had talked about this briefly before we started the podcast that during that fight i kind of not to this extent or to this conclusion but had a similar kind of thought process where i was like these people the wakandans they're all killing each other like it's family against family here literally with um was it uh, Okoye and her husband? Mm-hmm. Uh, Played by uh, Daniel Kalula, who is great, by the way. Yeah, on opposite sides of this thing. And it's I, it's not that people don't want the same thing. It's that the way to get there is different uh, depending on who you ask. And so there's a lot of facets of that here, whether it's loyalty to a nation or to the throne or to a people more at large. Like There's a lot of different facets and mindsets here. Um and some people are looking for like the quick method that'll get results uh, versus the peaceful method, which to this point hasn't really done a whole lot for them. And so, yeah, I think there's just a lot going on there. Uh, 
I, maybe because I am a white guy, I didn't draw the conclusion that they were doing it to protect white people. I just, that they didn't want to go about freeing the oppressed people in the same way that got those people oppressed. Um, so I didn't, I didn't read into it as, oh, they're doing this to save, you know, whitey. They're, they're doing it because again, and to T'Challa's character, it's the right thing to do to go about this in a different way and to bring about change through a peaceful and cooperative means rather than straight overthrowing the current system. I, I think that this, the perspective of Leslie Lee III, I doubt he'll listen to this because we're a small podcast. Yeah. But I, I, I understand where he's coming from yes. thinking that because, it's, because the, the pure image of a white guy destroying a ship that has something on it that can help oppressed people, if you focus just on that, then I would agree with him, and that's a fucked up situation. Mm-hmm. But I feel like oh, you have to consider everything in context. The rest of the context, Which I'm yeah. shocked that he didn't, or he probably did, but he just, he feels more strongly this way. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, everybody should welcome all dissenting opinions because that's how you create dialogue. Yeah. But for me, overall, Martin Freeman, he, or the... The actor, Martin Freeman, obviously. Uh, his character, Agent Ross, did exactly what he was supposed to do. So he mm-hmm. shows up in the casino scene. He's planning on making the deal with Claw. That's the way that he deals with bad guys. Is to make, make deals, deals with them. With them to try and, you know... Mitigate. Mitigate and catch larger fish, for lack of a better term. But then once he gets hurt, I mean, the whole time where they actually capture Claw and he's going to interrogate them, and T'Challa and Okoye and Akira looking at each other like this guy, this guy has no idea what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, it's and it's true. But Ross doesn't know that he has no idea what he's doing. Yeah, he's doing his best. And so when he gets shot and T'Challa takes him back to Wakanda to get help, at that point, Martin Freeman, I keep saying, but it's Ross, Agent Ross, character, <laughs> Agent Ross, at that point. He becomes a character that ha- that I think represents how white America should act and behave toward oppressed people. He he shut up and he listened. He had very few lines once he got rescued. Yeah. And the couple lines that he had were that he would help. Yeah. And that's what he should do. Like they should, and it's an allegory to like, let's listen more to the problem. And then let's say, okay, I'm here to help count me in. What can I do? And from that point, Shuri is telling him what to do the whole time. And the only thing that he does on his own is, 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 is something positive yeah. because he risks he, sacrificing, yeah, he's, sacrificing he's himself. In the, you know, he's in the virtual ship navigation scenario. Um, with the animated sand that I loved. I thought yeah. that was really cool. Um, and his job, tasked by Shuri to him, was to destroy these weapons that were going out. And so he's like, okay, that's what I'm supposed to do. I will do that because that is what I believe. That is what you have told me. That is what you've told me to do because I believe it will help. Yeah. And then one decision he makes, he's like, okay, he's in danger of getting killed because the ships are firing at the headquarters. And he's like, no, I'm going to stay and finish this. Like, how much time do I have left? He's like, no, oh, okay, I can do it. I can, I can fix all this. Yeah. Um, so I feel you have to take all that into context. You can't just say that – you can't just take, take that example and say that he as a white man is 
destroying hope for oppressed people. He's doing what he believes is best, as told to him by people that are by African American people or Africans, yeah. technically Wakandans. Yeah. Um, and there's another article which that might have been a slip by me, but there's another article by the New York in the New Yorker um, by sorry, let me get this uh, uh, Jelani Cobb who uh, it's called Black Panther and the Invention of Africa. And it has a lot to do, um, and he talks a lot about the difference between um, Africans and African-Americans. And that, that little hyphen is, might as well be a, as, as small a dash as it is, might yeah. as well be a huge distance. Um, so I'll put a link to that in the show notes below too. You guys should take a look at that. Um, and I'll, you know, I don't, Mark's breaking his microphone again, and I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and try and uh, portray what I think everyone, regardless of race, should think about this movie. This is just kind of what we grasp yeah. from it, obviously. And I, as a person, am just trying to understand my fellow human beings more, regardless of race. Um, and I feel like at the end of this movie, I feel like I'm talking a lot, but I feel like at the end of this movie, <laughs> that is kind of realized because you have the idea that. The want of Killmonger to help the oppressed people by giving them weapons. You have Nakia wanting to help oppressed or just people in need by just providing them aid. Yeah. And T'Challa's, he wants to help, but he doesn't know how because he wants to keep intact the Wakandan legacy. Mm -hmm. But by the end of this movie, there's a big realization between all the characters on how they actually can help and that they will help. And unfortunately, it takes the death, I mean, it has to happen, but Killmonger has to die. It takes that death of T'Challa's cousin to, for him to realize there's a, there's a lot of people, there are a lot of people in this world that need our help. Yeah. Not off the topic of, uh, you know, the more serious things we're talking about, but this is a superhero movie. I doubt we've seen the last of Killmonger. Dead people always come back in superhero movies. (laughs) Um, But no, I think to your point earlier, like it, it is kind of, allegorical of the united states like everyone's so afraid of letting people in of offering aid because then that potentially makes us vulnerable Mm -hmm. um people that aren't like us you know being within our borders or you know weakening our position by spreading ourselves too thin i just kicked over my drink (laughs) um it's empty okay this is how you get ants i know right um (laughs) But so I like I think that's very true, uh, especially the current administration with all their talk of travel bans and building walls and things of that nature. And I don't remember if it was <sighs> I don't know yet. <laughs> T- just general exasperation with all that. But yeah. um, I don't remember if I don't think it was in this movie. Uh, but I read a quote somewhere where. Uh, where it was like wise men build bridges, fools build walls, or something to that effect. Yeah, I think they say that in the movie. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I couldn't remember if it was in the movie or not. Like I said, we've only seen it the one time. Right. Um, and so there's a lot to digest here, and I couldn't remember if that's where that was from. But um, that's obviously, you know, clearly directly related to our current situation, too. Although, hold on. I'm going to go back. I think I have to correct you because I think that that is like the. They say that in the movie, but it's. Okay, so the original quote I believe is walls, but in the movie they change it to borders because I don't because they they don't. I read I listened to a podcast or read somewhere that they took walls out that they changed it to not be too like 
on the, the nose. nose, but it's like, duh, we're talking about a wall. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I like, I think there is definitely a lot in reference to kind of our current situation and overall, I think the movie does have a positive outlook on just our fellow man and we should just see each other as people not divided just based on, you know, skin color or sociopolitical status or, you know, region where you came from or anything of that nature. Uh, so, like, I mean, there's a lot of that in there and a lot of hope, uh, especially, I guess, that second end credit scene, too, where he's giving the speech at the uh, the UN. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's it. Again, there's a lot to digest from this movie and having only seen it once, like, I'm not even sure I got a, a full fledged picture and i haven't been reading as many articles about it as you have uh for sure but see that's where my nerdiness comes in (laughs) after i see a movie i do a whole bunch of research and yeah watch a bunch of uh, movie or watch a bunch of videos and listen to some podcasts and all stuff like this but all right so everything that i've referenced uh we've referenced in this uh conversation about black panther we'll put in the show notes below um and I hate I, f- I feel like I'm stealing ideas from Slash Film. So uh, if you guys listen to Slash Film, the uh, Slash Film cast, uh, let me know if this sounds too much like it. But I feel like what <laughs> what what they're doing over there. Shout out to them. I don't think they'll ever hear it, but shout out to them for doing what they do and sparking conversations because they did one. They did a, they did a review. Um, they had a guest on um, to review it, and then they actually did a bonus episode today, which I talked to you about earlier. Yeah, I'm not fully done listening to it yet, but they had Leslie Lee the Third on yep. there. The and you guy, mentioned it, yeah, yeah, the guy that did the Twitter rant, they had them on there. Mm-hmm. Um, did, I, did I say it already today, or yeah. did I just talk to you about it twice? On you said it on the podcast, and you said it to me before the podcast. Okay. And now you said it on the podcast again. This, okay. this is not an ad. Sorry. Br- brought uh, to you by Slash it's, Films, it's, Rise, <laughs> Biscuits and Donuts, and Netflix. <laughs> it's not an ad. I'm just, I'm, I feel that adamant about that. A film like this, you should really look uh, beyond the surface. Yes, and, exactly. And read more into it with, with you know, with movies like this because it's great. Um, I'm sorry you're sweating, Mark. It's warm in here. It's fine. It's not. Um, we bested nature for a reason. <laughs> Uh, real quick, I don't think we've talked about um, some of the people, other act- actors and actresses in this. Uh, Angela Bassett. Yeah, Just, queen. She's, she's queen, man. She Whatever whatever she shows up for, she knocks out of the park. Forrest, Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker. That Forrest Whitaker eye. Get that Forrest, <laughs> hit him with that Forrest Whitaker eye. Um, which I love that. Okay, so this was, all right, I, I felt really bad. So, uh, uh, yeah, this is going to be. So, Mark and I saw it together. Um, yes. My girlfriend, Nicole, came with us as well. Um, she was the third wheel. Yeah, naturally. Uh, <laughs> so, and we we saw it on on a Tuesday or Wednesday. We saw it on a Wednesday night. Wednesday, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I made a mistake of like, I'll probably go and get tickets there. It'll be fine because I knew they had a big opening weekend. But I was like, it's a Wednesday night. Like, who's gonna do this? So we show up, and the only seats available are like in the front rows and on the edges. On the yeah, the I'm far like, outside. I was like, Shit. So. I got the ticket, so I ended up on the very edge of the screen in like the second row. So I'm watching this movie, and the screen is curved. And at certain points, I was like, "What's going on?" Because <laughs> some be- of the action was very fast-paced. I couldn't tell. No, I was, no, it wasn't that. It was the angle at which I was watching people on center screen. Their sometimes their eyes weren't in sync. Like one of their eyes looked lower. Interesting. Than the other. And it was because, and then I actually just tilted my head 45 degrees and it <laughs> fixed it. It was the angle of myself with the curved screens so what made it look like Interesting. that. Interesting. And I was like, man, they got, they got the guy that played a young, the young 
younger version of Forrest Whitaker's character, Forrest Whitaker's character was Zuri. They got the guy yeah. to play young Zuri. They got him to have the same eyes for Whitaker. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like he had a sunk eye. That's <laughs> so bad. He, he did try to like keep his eye like half open. He did. He did. But then I realized that like, oh wait, That's this the way is you my sitting. perspective on the screen. Because Sterling K. Brown had an off eye. I was like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is it like, is it because it's, it was taking place in that like kind of uh, um, afterlife uh, scenarios. Yeah. Um, so when like when uh, um, Killmonger becomes black, becomes the new king of Wakanda, and he yep. has to go through that. And he takes the heart shaped herb and takes... goes to the elders. Exactly, and, and it's you know it shows Sterling K. Brown, and he his looked like his eye was drooping. I was like, is this just the thing they do in the, in the afterlife? <laughs> What's going on? I realized it was it was my literal perspective <laughs> also on, shout out to the woman that sit next to me with her uh her child that offered me popcorn on that wednesday night oh, showing that was nice appreciate it i don't like popcorn so i politely declined i know but it's weird because you're on a show called popcorn and nerds i know right well you like the nerds i like the popcorn yeah yeah there we go um yeah that was really cool oh man there was a moment i think i think it was the people that you were sitting next to something happened see if you can this will jog your memory but something happened where I heard from behind me, it might have been the people that were sitting next to you were like, oh God. And I can't, I couldn't remember what exactly it was. No, not that okay. I can All right. recall I'll, I'll, either. I'll, I'll cut it out because that's just stupid. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there was, it was a packed theater that we saw it in. A lot of really good responses to it. Yeah. Um, I'm not With a fan of clapping. Mbaku and, when he was sitting on the throne. Yeah. Uh, from behind me, I heard, mm, that's a big dude. Ah. <laughs> uh, I thought that was pretty good. I we laughed are, at we that. We vegetarian. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. He had some good lines, which I was kind of like, I didn't see that coming because you see the character of M'Baku earlier in the movie because he's challenging for the throne and all of it seems super serious. But then when you meet up with him later, yeah. he's kind of a jokester. Yeah. yeah. Which I, I at first it threw me off because there was no inclination of that. But at the same time, the scenarios were completely different. Yeah. Well, it's, they, they portray M'Baku's tribe because there's the five tribes that make up Wakanda mm -hmm. early on in like the origin story they tell you that that tribe split off because they could not live peacefully with the rest of the tribes right so they went up into the mountains to live and so uh, your first actual interaction with M'Baku's tribe is when they come down every, all the other tribes have uh, refused to you know challenge for the throne right they come down they make the challenge um and so, you know, when you're first introduced to them, you're like, oh, well, these guys are jerks. Like, they're going to come down and cause trouble. They can't live peacefully with everyone else. Uh, but then when it comes down to it later in the movie, like, they're very respectful of tradition. And they go about, um, you know, a, kind of an eye for an eye thing. T'Challa spares M'Baku during the, the challenge for the throne. And so he saves T'Challa after they find him half drowned on the riverbank uh, after Killmonger throws him off from that ceremonial fight uh, area. And so like him declining the heart-shaped herb and the Black Panther powers, I feel like that's a very powerful comment on like that the power of tradition and his debt to T'Challa uh, for sparing his life. Uh, I thought that was that was a cool scene because at first I was like, oh man, like T'Challa's just gonna show up and he's gonna stop him. So then he gets the herb back and then he's Black Panther again. But then it turns out like, no, it didn't happen. Mbaku had the chance to take that herb for himself and become you know powerful and be the Black Panther, but uh, decided not to to pursue that. 
So yeah, um, sorry, I was just looking up uh, the um, costume designer um, for Black Panther, who is Ruth E. Carter, um, and I like to pay attention to the work done by the people behind the scenes because yeah. I like to show appreciation for that. Um, but I feel bad that a lot I don't a lot of, I don't recognize a lot of these names. But looking at her work, I'm like, holy crap, she's done a lot of stuff. She did uh, she did Chirac, she did Selma, um, uh, Old Boy, uh, I guess the American version. Yeah, the newer one. Yeah. Oh, let's find out. Yes, the uh, the newer version of that. Um, Amistad. Uh, Malcolm X. The newer version of Roots. Uh, Malcolm X, which is a great movie. That's a really good movie. I'm a big fan of that movie. Um, I think I did a paper on that in college. Uh, yeah, so she's she's been around and she's done a... Serenity? Let's go back up. She did Serenity? Is that like... Uh, I think so. Fire? Yeah, oh, shit, there's your boy. The Firefly movie. Nice. Um, so yeah, she, it looks like she's done... Oh, Meteor Man! Oh, it goes what? way back to the the first, the first black superhero. <laughs> Seinfeld. Yeah, one episode. Yeah. <laughs> Seinfeld was in '89. Yeah. That far back. Yeah, man. Good God. Yeah, that was the first season, <gasps> I believe. I'm gonna get you sucker. I'm gonna get you sucker. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's a good one. Love it. Um, I was talking about that movie the other day. Um, it's really good. Yeah, um, you were talking about that on uh, Intelligently Ratchet. Yeah, shout out to Intelligently Ratchet. Um, those guys, they ho- I believe. I could get this wrong. You guys can correct me. I believe they hosted a screening. They procured a private screen of yeah, Black Panther. They were talking about that. Yeah, that's right. They the did thing. that, and that, I thought that was shout out to them for doing that. That was a really great job. Um, also, shout out to uh, Circus Peanuts again. They, oh yeah, they, they, they talked. Were, they, they were hating on them. They talked about Circus Peanuts. I'm that guy who likes Circus you Peanuts. You are the guy that likes Circus Peanuts, and I think I told at me. Yeah, I, yeah. People will at you. <laughs> I think somebody on that show. We're getting off topic. Somebody on that Intelligently Ratchet is a live Facebook show that. I've uh, I've appeared on um, by hosted by our friends uh, Kevin Kazi Thomas and Bishop Omega. Uh, they do a really good job. It's a, just a live uh, Facebook show, um, just a different perspective on popular popular culture, uh, news, sports, all kinds of things. It's, it's it's great. Like I said, it's live, so it's uncut. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> um, shout out to them. They're they're fans of Scrapped uh, as well, so we we love them. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I think. I don't want to say those are the end of my thoughts on this movie because I have a ton, but we would literally be here, I think, for another hour yeah. talking about And then this we could movie. go see the movie again and still talk more exactly, about it. Exactly, yeah, because that's how much that this... I, so I was listening to a little bit of that podcast extra with Leslie III um, and him talking about his wariness of the buzz the pre-buzz about this movie was that it was like revolutionary and all this stuff yeah. and I agree with him that like you gotta be aware of that cause like it that's hype guys like yeah. that, that's hype like you have to t- you have to go and see a movie mm-hmm. and not listen you know marketing they're gonna they're in it to make money like they're, they want you to go see this movie so they can make money off it they're gonna find what the most successful marketing campaign is and hopefully figure that out yeah and then implement it to get you to go see the movie but Ignore the buzz about this movie, even though what I'm about to tell you is buzz. It is a very good movie. I'm not going to sit here and call and say that it's revolutionary. I think that in this day and age, it is a movie that is needed. Yeah. I'll say that much. People should see this movie. Um, a, because it's fun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. But you look a little There's bit There's different deeper. reasons to see it, and they work on all those different reasons and different levels. Exactly. Um... Because, yeah, it's a good comic book movie. Yeah. It's got good commentary if you're willing to dig in deeper to it. And then you can go even below that commentary and there's more to be found. 
Yeah. Uh, so you can see it for a lot of different reasons and get enjoyment out of it, uh, not just as a superhero movie, but it is a very good superhero movie also. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, uh, cool. Um, one of the things I want to get you guys to do, uh, dear listener, um, not going to force you to do anything, obviously, but uh, we like to engage a little bit more with you. So if you're listening to these reviews and you're liking what you hear, like in a conversational way, like you want to dispute what we're saying or you want to agree with us, feel free to give us a shout out or call us out on anything. Cause we're always open to, I, I, I could talk about film and TV till the cows come home. Like he, I really could. could. Like this is, this is what I, this is what I do for a living. Yeah, that's um, a very uh, white person expression. I feel like too. cows come home. Yeah. I feel like it's just a, it's just an old, old Southern saying. thing. Like I've heard, I've heard tons of people say, it. um, Oh, what's, what's another thing that, like it's weird because I'll drop these like just southern sayings every now and then, <laughs> and I have no southern accent, so it's weird uh, when I say like, uh, "Oh, you're getting too big for your britches." Like that's one that comes from my family. <laughs> well, you also don't ever use the word britches outside of that. It's true. I do say y'all. Yeah. But I'm not. I don't have a southern accent. So it's weird, <laughs> kind of. But anyway, we're moving on. Uh, but shout us out. Let's start a conversation. Let's talk about some of the stuff. Um, whether it's this movie or whether it's a movie we have reviewed in the past, whether you want us to see a movie or a TV show and, and yeah. we'll review it, that's that's always up for Open debate. suggestions for exactly. sure. Exactly. Um, so transitioning into our what we're looking forward to this week, I'll go ahead and say, how about for next time we do an episode, we'll let you viewers decide, should we review either Annihilation, or uh, which is coming out in theaters... No, it just came out. It just, yeah, it came, just out came out in theaters, theaters. this weekend. Um, the new film by Alex Garland, who recently did Ex Machina a couple years ago, which was a fantastic movie. Um, I need to see it still. It was on Prime. Okay. Yeah, cool. it's free. Go check it out. Um, and also, uh, Mute, the new movie by Duncan Jones, which we have talked about multiple times on this podcast, is now available on Netflix. Um, so we'll review one of those. So we'll let you guys pick. Even if we only get three votes. <laughs> Yeah. We're going to go with the majority vote. What if we get four and it's the same? We'll flip a coin. Okay. <laughs> um, so, Mark, what, what are you looking forward to uh, this week? Or within the next week or within the next month or whatever? I guess um, st- sticking with the superhero theme, the new season of Jessica Jones should be coming out in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, March 8th is the drop down. On yeah. That. And so, I... The Jessica Jones first season, uh, I'd rank slightly lower than some of the other Netflix superhero series. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely better than Iron Fist, but uh, <laughs> I feel like once we're going to review that one, I anticipate I feel like we're going to have dissenting opinions. Probably because I rank I rank season one of Jessica Jones higher than you do. So yeah, we're already we're already starting off on uneven ground. Yeah, uh, but I did enjoy the season. Uh, that was another character that I did not have much familiarity with. Um, and just uh, overall, like, I thought it was okay. Like, I enjoyed watching it, but I didn't think it was great comparatively with the other seasons of uh, the superhero shows that had been on Netflix. So, um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to watching that, uh, checking that out. Uh, I, I'm also excited that Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is on uh, Netflix, the season three now. Uh, I've been waiting for that. Uh, so I'll have to check that out. That's technically not next week, but next <laughs> week I might have time to, to watch it. There you go. What about you, Taylor? What are you looking forward uh, to? I was trying to think about this earlier. Uh, I'm probably in the next... So for those of you guys who don't know, um, I am a TV producer, and one of my main projects that I work on, I work on uh, with uh, 
North Carolina State University um, here in the Triangle area in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, I'm on a contract with them to produce a docu-series, 30 episodes of it, and I have three episodes left oh, man. Until, the I'm countdown done, until I'm done for the season. I am looking forward to taking time off. Um, and by off, I probably mean just probably reading a ton of books and, and, and playing some video games. A little bit. A little bit. Play more video games. <laughs> and just doing more, uh, just kind of research in general, getting more into um, uh, things I want to do in the future, just kind of influences and in research. Um, but as far as pop culture stuff, I would say, uh, just to reiterate what you said, I'm looking forward to the new Jessica Jones season coming out. Um, way to be original. So what? It's a way to be original. Yeah, I know, just, right? Uh, you want to tell me you're, I mean, wanted, you're looking forward to Crazy Ex-Girlfriend season three also? No, I already said I was watching it, so you <laughs> copied me on that one. Uh, sure, whatever. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, there's also a new show on Netflix, surprise, um, called Ugly Delicious. It's it's a, it's a food show, but it's about like kind of fusion stuff, like odd odd combinations of food. Um, and I I love a good I love a good food show, I love a good travel show. Um, I like the way they're done, so I'll probably watch that because that looks like a lot of fun. That's not it's nothing groundbreaking, but I'm looking forward to watching that in the next couple of weeks probably. Um, okay, that's Salve. our show. Uh, Mark, where can people find you after uh, they stop listening to us? As always, on Facebook you can find me at Spiders Corner Games, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. Uh, variations of at Spider One Two Five Eight Seven or at Spiders Corner. Uh, most times you search Spider's Corner, you'll find me. So, Taylor, uh, how about you? Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at TayDAdams. Um, please be sure to like this podcast. Rate us, uh, leave us a review so we know if we're doing a good job or not. Um, yeah, and make sure you... Uh, um, also, you guys can follow everything we do here at uh, Scrapped on our different social media channels as well. Uh, we are Scrapped on both Twitter and Instagram. So, uh, yeah, that's about it. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Yeah, we appreciate it. Take care, everyone.